Welcome to the Mammoth Games cast for the week of July 6th. I'm one of your hosts, Night Swarm, and with me, as always, Filtercord. What's up? I'm just looking at a Google Images search of the Faroe Islands. All right, all right. And, Both. you know, I should really modify this opening to say, and with me, as always, Filtercord and Johnny. Hey, cool. hey. I am just going through all these Steam games that I never actually installed and probably never will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yeah. gamer's way. Just depressed that your backlog is that big. Uh, it's it's yeah. just getting bigger, but I'm starting to chip away at it. I'm going through games from, like, the late 80s now, so I'm, mm. I'm going to get caught up. Yeah, you're almost there. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Uh, the 90s was pretty big, though. So yeah, it's very, few, uh, very few major <laughs> developments in video games between the 80s and now. Yeah, I'm, good. And I'm glad. So why don't we start there? You finished up... Um, one game uh, this last week, and you started another. Yeah, I uh, decided to start actually going through my backlog a bit more, and um, I started streaming on Twitch. I figured the easiest way that I could do that while also keeping my mental health was to play through Final Fantasy games. Mm. Um, I'm going through them all in order. Last week I played through all of one for the NES, um, and right now I'm currently playing through Final Fantasy two for the NES, which was never actually released in the U.S. until it got remade on PS1. Um, so I was able to find an English translation of it. It's still super fun, um, super broken like all those old games are, but man, I have been having a blast with it, um, doing a little bit of grinding off stream for it, but then jumping in and doing some, uh, some actual gameplay and stuff, it's been a lot of fun. Way, way different than, than Final Fantasy 1 was though, like, night so, and yeah. day. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Where you, you have that, you'll have that interesting perspective of playing them back to back and being able to see the innovation from one to two, you know, two to three. Um, you know, what's kind of some of the glaring things that you've already noticed? I mean, it's it, it's really weird. And um, finishing wrapping up Final Fantasy one last week was a really it was a bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. When the game ended and I read through the end credits, um, I genuinely almost got choked up. Um, just because I started seeing in my mind the recurring themes of like the four crystals and all that stuff from all the other Final Fantasies and how none of that would have happened if it weren't for the first one. Um, but going from Final Fantasy One, which was the job system of like you pick your character, much more D and D style, um, not a lot of changing once you get your party set up and you just go through it. You have the spell casts per day instead of magic points. Um, Final Fantasy 2, though, instead of leveling up, you have um, proficiencies. So you don't get experience points and level up. You, Depending on what your character does the most, that stat levels up. So if you use a lot of swords, you can even two-hand them, um, your, your sword skills will level up, your attack will level up. Um, some versions of 2, you can even kind of cheese it and attack yourself during turns. Uh, and as you lose health... Um, due to physical attacks, you'll gain stamina and HP after the battle. So it's it's a little bit broken on how that is done, but it's a crazy night and day comparison there. I'm actually really excited to get into the later ones because I, I know that three introduces the the ability to change your job whenever you want, and that was a yeah. that's a huge staple in the series now. Um, yeah. And these are all games that I've toyed with before and just never completely finished a lot of them or it's just been that long. Uh, and, and I figured I'm, I'm just going to go big or go home. If I'm going to start streaming stuff and uh, try to get people to watch me online, uh, I'm going to go through the entire Final Fantasy series. 
I'm not quite sure about the side games and stuff yet, but I'm really excited to see if I can plow through entire games within a week to be able to talk about another one on next week's episode and so forth. Madness. Yeah, that's cool, though. Um, that is sick. Yeah, I'm excited for... I'm actually excited um, for 3. I didn't, like, obviously never played 2. Um, but 3 I really liked. That one was super fun. So. Yeah, three was three. We didn't see in America until the DS release of it, because mm-hmm. um, that's the one I'm going to be doing there. Um, I'm not going to do the DS version. I'm going to do the, the NES version of that one as well, because I found a couple good translations. Um, just because I've never seen those versions. Um, yeah. Four, I'm probably going to do the classic. What was released in America as two, um, with uh, with Cecil the Dark Knight and and Kane the Dragoon and all that fun stuff. Um, and I think that for 6, I'm also going to end up doing the Super Nintendo version of 3, which are how we first got those games. But I, I'm really excited to kind of go through those, relive some of the ones I played as a child, and uh, and just completely experience things new um, this time around by playing some games in a way I never thought I would. For sure. Nice. Interesting. Alright, so... <clears throat> uh, you know, aside from that, looking at filter and i together we did do uh the last of us part two spoiler cast we had um our friend of the show andreas on that should be um that podcast should be releasing here soon um if you want to watch the broken version of it you can actually check it out on facebook.com backslash mammoth teams inc we do have uh the entire rundown um of our interview with andreas showing off some of his work that he did for the show um, talking about culture at Naughty Dog and uh, how everything came together. And then as well, Austin and I breaking off, um, running through what the game is, spoiler-wise, and then breaking it apart on what we thought of you know, each section, what was good, what was bad. Um, and uh, it was a long one. So if you're looking for the podcast of that, um, not 100% sure on how that one's going to end up um, coming out. To be honest, um, since uh, you know, I know um, Austin over here is going to be uh, editing it down. Um, so, depending, I know we've talked previously about like releasing it as one big thing and then releasing it uh, in separate separate parts. So uh, that's going to be um, editor's choice. So, yep, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think there. I, I kind of want to put it out as a big one and just be like, hey, this is everything that you're going to hear from us on. Last of Us, you know, hmm. but uh, I don't know. we'll see if there's any good breaking points in it. Sure. Um, so for me, that was one of the big things I played a little bit this week, and then uh, the other thing that I touched on just a little bit, um, aside from doing a few things in Destiny, was Rage Two, but nothing too important to say on that front because I barely scratched the surface of it. Um, I had one instance. I went into a bar. Uh, and there was a woman that was at the at the bar asking for some sort of like drink or like I don't know if it was alcohol or what it was um, but she was completely not there her character model was not there um, and when the dude handed the bottle over it was just a floating bottle walking away like nice. it was weird um, but that's the only weirdness that I've had in Rage 2 so far and it's been fun. But what about you, Filter? Anything else that you've been running into? So I've been playing some some little stuff here and there. I've been playing uh, 
Total War Three Kingdoms again, just because my anticipation for Crusader Kings Three is driving me insane. Um, <coughs> but the main thing I really dove into was Observation. Um, so this is a Devolver Digital game that recently came to Game Pass, and I believe it was available on PS4 and PC like last year at some point. Um, but it's very good. It's a sci-fi kind of puzzle game that's very story focused. Um, I looked it up and it said it takes about 5-6 hours to beat, so uh, I'll definitely check that out if you have it on Game Pass, and you can download it on PC and everything, so very yeah. easily accessible, but you don't want to talk too much about it, because it's, basically it becomes spoilery after like 5 minutes, so okay. gotta be careful, but definitely recommend it cool um, yeah, it pretty much wraps up what we've been playing, it's been an interesting week, I feel like we all have our things that we were focused on this week and uh and we all accomplished something so that's really cool whether you know we beat something or we yeah. finally sat down and talked about something for three hours <clears throat> cool um so with that why don't we just pop right over into the playstation plus game for july 2020 this wasn't available last week so we couldn't give the rundown on it uh but you will be able to pick up nba 2k20 as well as Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, and then the bonus game of Erica, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, giving out a bonus game for the PlayStation Plus 10th anniversary, I guess. Um, and they got a good diversity of games there, too, because Erica is like a live-action, like, choose-your-own-adventure type thing. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we know what NBA is. And uh, uh, Tomb Raider, obviously, is like an exploration game, so... Yeah. Three completely different types of game, which I think is really smart. For sure. Um, and as well, I believe you can pick up um, a... If you are on the PlayStation you're interested in changing up your theme, you can get a free 10th uh, um, anniversary for PlayStation Plus theme. Yeah. So I will that's say, floating around out there, too. I feel like 2K20 was a, a weird... Not necessarily a weird choice. It's always kind of cool to have a sports game once in a while, but some weird timing for that to be revealed as the free PlayStation Plus game. And mm -hmm. and uh, we'll talk more about why I think that's really weird timing uh, a little bit later on. But yeah, yeah. Um, that is going to be awesome for a lot of people. Although I do feel like anyone that ever wanted that game has had it forever. Um, yeah, yeah there, there's very few people on the fence of sport, like sports titles, I feel like, these days. Like, I remember being younger and being like, well, I guess I'll pick up, like, uh, like NHL 2001 or whatever, you know that could be fun. Maybe I could turn off all the rules and beat people up. That'd be fun. Um, but oh, yeah. that's not really a thing anymore. You know, it's more like if a core audience picks this up every year. So it is a little odd. But all right, we'll jump into the games releasing. Uh, but first, if you guys get the chance, head over to facebook.com backslash mammothgamesinc. Chat with us about everything we're talking about here and more over there first uh, as well. Follow us on Twitter at mammothgamesinc. So you know when we go live and do jump just like this. We appreciate all the likes, comments, and shares. Without further ado, uh, these games releasing between July 7th and July 13th. Um, Johnny, do you want to take the first one? I know you're interested. Uh, I am very excited for this one. <laughs> um, we actually have Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 coming up. Uh, it's going to be dropping on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Um, I was a huge fan of Curse of the Moon 1. 
Um, I'm just a, a big fan of anything Castlevania related anyway. Um, but the Curse of the Moon games go with that much more like retro, like Nintendo, Super Nintendo style. Um, they added a couple extra new characters to this one. Um, they're even adding multiplayer to this one and bringing back characters mm. from the last one. It, mm. it just looks better and better the more I see it. I, I'm really... I tried to avoid looking at this because I didn't want to get super excited about it and have to wait forever, and then I forgot it was coming out this soon until <laughs> you guys reminded me this morning. So... Um, Sorry. It's going to be a day one pickup for me. I'm probably going to just play it like crazy. I might honestly have to break away from Final Fantasy for a couple days just to, to play and maybe even stream this one a little bit. Um, crazy new character, though. They introduced uh, a, a new big one, a big tanky guy. It's actually a, a corgi that rides around in a mech suit, and his name is Hashi, and it's Hell ridiculously yes. <laughs> cute. Um, they're also bringing through Miriam from Bloodstained... Um, Oh man, from like the main Bloodstained game. So it's really neat how they're doing that. Um, if you're a Castlevania fan, it's going to be one worth looking at. Um, I am way too excited for it because they're bringing a lot of characters and basically extending out the entire universe. Um, kind of like how they did with the Castlevania games by bringing characters from other ones into other games. Um, they're making it work with this. It's really awesome to see that this all happened thanks to a successful Kickstarter. Yeah. Nice. Um, so aside from that, we also have uh, your guys' racing fix. Uh, same day, Friday the 10th, we have um, F1 2020 coming out for PS4, Xbox One, Stadia, and PC from Codemasters. Um, not too much to say about that, though. <laughs> yeah, and same day, just making sure that if you want to race, today's your day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, NASCAR Heat 5 coming from 704, uh, published by Motorsport Games. Uh, it's, of course, on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. So, Johnny, so, you were saying yeah. these things sell really well. Yeah, right? I was going to say, we may not be the big racing game crew, but yeah. um, in my time at retail, these were always the games where people would come in the day they came out and, and want them. Um, I... It's not a huge crowd of people, but it's a dedicated crowd of people. Um, and and chances are, on launch day, a lot of stores, um, at least like GameStops and smaller shops like that, where people know to go grab their game, are, are going to probably sell through the few copies they get because the demand may not be there, but the sell-through always is. It, it's, it's a really weird mixed bag on racing games, but I always see them move. And I may not know anything about them, but I have had my ear talked off about them at length by so many different people every other year. And as well, you know, when the pre-owned starts rolling in for these games, they've retained their value incredibly well. They yeah. usually stay up there forever. So, big day for racing fans um, and also Castlevania fans. So, <laughs> Friday the 10th yeah. is, your, is your day for sure. Uh, that's pretty much all of the games that we have releasing. If there's something that you think we missed, uh, hit us up over on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. Um, we'll go ahead and add it to next week's show. Um, but why don't we go ahead and move right along into some of the freebies? We still have um, Epic Games doing their thing out there. Um, Although they're trying to do their thing. thing. Yeah, a little bit of controversy, like with everything. Um, 
So basically they had been promising for this week uh, both Hue, mm -hmm. which is available, and also uh, Conan Exiles, which uh, turns out that's actually, not only is it releasing at a later date, but it's going to be paid only. They're not going to be doing it for free. Apparently. That's insane to me. Yeah, I, I, that's my thing is like, it, it seems like they just announced too quickly when the the deal wasn't solid yet. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know, I guess the, that's the only mistake there. It's like, hey, don't say that you have something unless you have it, you know? Yeah. Because people, I don't think, are super forgiving when something like that goes down. Yeah, I mean, um, it, and even if it's free. Something, yeah. Right, they recently had something similar where they were saying, hey, you're going to get Escapist 2 for free, and then that ended up not happening, and there was not really any announcement about it. Uh, so under their coming soon now, it shows Killing Floor 2. Nice, great game. Great game. Lifeless Planet, and Escapist 2 again. But it's like, okay, well, you lied about it last time, and you were not transparent, so what's to say that's not going to disappear again this time? If it's Killing Floor so. 2, we riot, if that's the one that they, <laughs> if they, if they don't deliver. I don't know. I, again, it's like, a lot of the stuff they're giving away is stuff that's already been given away before. Right. So I don't know, like, it's kind of odd that people would get super worked up. Yeah. Like, I have Escapist 2 on PlayStation, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that sounds right. I, so, I know that I've got Killing Floor 2 on PS4 already, and I, yeah, I can't remember when that was even from. So, I have Lifeless Planet from GOG, I think. Yeah, so like, I don't even know why I'm upset about any of the stuff. I've got most of these games on other platforms. Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. I think it really is just a matter of going in that following week and seeing one free thing when I was ready to click two things to add to my library that I'll never play. Um, yeah, and this is like the first uh, week in a while that there's only been one. It's kind of weird. Uh, well, I mean, it did happen with the Escapist as well when the Escapist yeah. didn't come out. So we yeah. got that well, whatever that game was. I think they subbed something else out for that though. I don't, I don't recall. Yeah. Um, That's not good. <laughs> we did spend a lot of time with Killing Floor 2 though. It's a fun game. So yeah, hopefully that comes through. All right. Well, why don't we jump into uh, some of the nudes? Hell yeah. All right. So. Uh, first nude we got in our uh, inbox, unsolicited. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Lightroom. Uh, Animal Crossing Summer Update. Um, so there's a lot of stuff they added, like swimming. Mm -hmm. um, you can, like, dive to get things now. That's pretty cool. Uh, when One of the main things they said, the first thing I caught when I did a dive was an octopus that I could put in the museum. Yeah. Um, I was, um, that's pretty cool. like, right when it came out, Ashley's like, can I come on the podcast and talk about Animal Crossing? And I was like, sure. And she's like, no, I'm just joking. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, she's been playing this, like, like mad. Like, I did not expect her to get as attached to Animal Crossing as she did. But I know she's in our bedroom right now playing it. Like, that's what she's been doing all day. Um, so, uh, yeah, they um, expanded a little bit the um, museum so you can add a few extra things from diving you got a wetsuit you can literally go in water pretty much anywhere um and certain things that you pick up give you uh can give you access to um talking to certain characters uh like i think if you get three scallops um an otter swims up from underwater and he talks to you and uh, i think you can um like maybe trade him or something for a different item um, and you can swim pretty much anywhere as long as you have the wetsuit, whether it's your island, someone else's island, or a traveled to island. Um, so, you know, adding a little bit there, uh, 
realistically not a huge update just hey here's some extra things that you can catalog and catch um and uh like a new suit that's pretty I, much I it I, I feel like that's awesome though because with animal yeah. crossing with a lot of games we wait for updates and they have all these huge quality of life improvements and they're really without getting crazy nitpicky there aren't a lot of quality of life improvements you can just do to animal crossing so they're right. they're keeping it interesting um they're not breaking anything that's been there forever they're just giving us a, giving us a little bit more to do every time which i think it's really cool because what else would you do on an island if you're stuck on the island all this time um i, I think it's a little late adding the ability to swim but i think that's really cool um just to give you that little bit extra out you can explore and it makes me wonder what's going to happen next because there's going to be another big one nintendo has a nintendo's going to support this one for at least the full year of it being out um that's at least it tends to be their track record so i'm anxious to see what kind of new stuff we're going to see coming in the future at this point because i was not expecting them to throw swimming and diving and and all that stuff into it yeah. i actually like the idea of them creating uh you know and, and it is pretty typical for a game that has um like seasons but creating content based on the season uh you know so summer's here let's go swimming that's a good idea so i'm interested to see like what happens when fall rolls around um i don't know maybe more for gardening let uh, me rake up a giant pile of leaves and hide in it that's what i want Hell yeah. You can, actually. You can already place... Um, I know people were placing piles of leaves. I think they were actually... Um, like, the during the spring, they had the, um, like, cherry blossoms that were all over. You could pick up the, like, little pink cherry blossom petals. And people were making piles of cherry blossom petals, which was kind of cool. So that's definitely a possibility, for sure. Yeah. Um, so... Cool little quality of life update there for Animal Crossing. Go check that out. Download it. Um, now, since Animal Crossing, or since uh, we brought you something that's uh, uh, giving life, uh, let's go ahead and get bring you something that's uh, dying. Um, oh man! <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I didn't follow this story too too much. Um, I actually caught this story when I saw a bunch of people pulling out of this event um did anyone catch it kind of early i mean it's it's been a snowball that's been going for a while um thanks to covid and all the craziness going on this year and not being able to have giant groups of people together um, early in the year we found out that evo was still going to happen they were just going to move it to an online presence which is okay that's fine i guess People sure. can just play online with their fighting games like they normally do. Um, and then it just... It, just like everything else in the past couple of weeks, a lot of bad news started coming out about different people associated with uh, different things. Yeah. Um, and basically, some bad news came out about uh, the... It was the CEO, Correct. Yeah. And um, yeah. going forward, they're appointing, they're, they have an acting CEO that will take the leadership role. Um, and it basically just killed the entire show. Um, Capcom pulled out, as well as a bunch of other people 
from yeah, yeah the, the big ones were digital. Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat were the first n- games that were name dropped as not going to be a part of it. Yeah, and uh, that made me kind of think, Uh-oh. oh man, <laughs> it's going to be a real light event because that's where all the actual prizes and stuff go. Yep. So uh, no Evo. Uh, they're probably working through some personnel shifting and yeah. you know appointing new leadership roles. They said um, Tony Cannon will be acting as CEO. Not that he is going to be the CEO moving forward. He's just the acting CEO currently. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll see how that uh, develops. Not surprised that another event is getting canceled. Um, so, I don't know. I don't have too much more to say about this one. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, it's a rough one. I mean, it's... it's more of the same kind of thing that I think that they were kind of doomed anyways, and then when something like this comes along, it's like, all right, we're calling Nail in the coffin, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this year has been that for a lot of different events. I'm still anxiously and terrified uh, awaiting the announcement that my fall vacation to a music festival is going to get canceled because I, I know it's going to. I'm just waiting yeah. for the official word that it is so I can get my refund back. Yeah. Um, but that seems just that just seems to be the way 2020 is going um on the upside though a lot of people are taking to the to the internet in their own way so i would not be surprised if we do see some different kind of online events being hosted even on a much smaller scale because the communities out there are still really strong and really tight so uh, i do see it being good for the community there even though that kind of stuff is happening um kind of a way to take back uh the power as it were and I'm, I want to see. I'm going to keep an eye out to for anyone I know. I know a lot of people that are involved with the fighting game community too, and I want to see if I start hearing anything come from them about some potential plans or what they're doing uh, in the meantime in lieu of this. Yeah, people uh, break off pretty quick. Um, I know uh, Goody, who's you know on the show regularly. He's off this week um, as he traveled to Miami for um, the Fourth of July. Uh, but every Thursday he does get with a um, a group of people and they play uh, fighting games. You know, whatever they're intru- uh, interested in. I think right now it's uh, Grand Blue is what they're all playing. Okay. Um, yeah. So he's pretty big there. Um, and that was one of the events uh, MGI got the invite to go to CEO um, in 2019. Um, and... I went and was atten- in attendance there. That was before Goody was even on in the uh, like on the show here with us. Uh, but he was at that event with me, so we hung out for that pretty much that whole event. Um, so yeah, he's pretty big in the in that community as well. And uh, I feel like he would be the um, prime candidate to know what's going on in that community. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we'll uh, you know just. Keep an eye on it and see what happens. See how it plays out. Sure. All right. Interesting. Um, interesting development out of um, Amazon Studios as they've announced that they're working on a Fallout TV series. Um, before we jump into any speculation or anything, let's just run down the line. What do you guys think? Are you excited? Are you skeptical? What do we got? I'm a little skeptical right off the bat, just because. I have the question of, like, a lot of problems that TV shows or movies that are based on video games have is that it's fun because you do it. 
Right. So, like, watching it is not necessarily... <clears throat> it feels like a downgrade, kind of. Right. Cool. Johnny? So... That that's my initial skepticism, but yeah, definitely. with me, I'm I'm not I'm honestly I'm I'm in the middle there. I'm not really excited. I, I'm I'm honestly just pretty apathetic about it. Um, I do think that the uh, the the exciting part about it is the people working on it. Um, yes. Because even though oh. I wasn't super into Westworld, I loved the the first episodes that I did see. It just it just didn't keep my attention enough mm-hmm. to want to stay into it. Um, and if they try to maintain it well enough, they can nail that vibe. And that's what's going to matter the most for this, is making sure that it feels right with something like Fallout. So, um, But that didn't really give us much. They gave us the, the old-school TV screen, like Static and the Please Stand By screen. Um, they gave us nothing um, yeah. to really run on. Yeah. So we, I guess we all just have to kind of wait and see what happens. Yeah, I'm... I'm um... I think I'm out of all of us where uh, Filter seems to be kind of closer to the bottom. Johnny kind of seemed to be in the middle. I'm probably right above that. I, I'm, I'm um, uh, optimistic and excited um, for what they can do with this. Fallout, I feel like, is a very interesting... Uh, it's a really interesting world. Um, but Fallout 1 is very different than Fallout 3. Fallout 3 is very different than Fallout 76. Um, so, you know, where are we going? What are we doing? Um, and that's the exciting part. I think it's exciting that they have, um, all these different options. They don't have to go, okay, well, uh, this is going to be a shot for shot remake of Fallout 3, uh, Tunnel Snakes rule. Um, you know what I mean? It, but that would like, be sick, but I hope Tunnel Snakes make it. Um, I, I am really excited to see uh, all of the satire articles once the show starts happening. Uh, when somebody forgets <laughs> and leaves their Starbucks cup on scene, and uh, and we start seeing articles out there about uh, people asking if that's a bug or a feature of the series. Yeah, the bug the bug thing is going to be really funny. I'm excited for that too. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, like uh, I've been watching Westworld again because I did really like the first yeah. season. Um, the second season is so painfully like slow and like just I don't. I mean, it's like ill-conceived and badly performed. Like the the entire second season is just completely. Dragged. That's where I that's and where like, I fell off. I think it was episode yeah. like I've two. I've heard that season. Yeah, I've heard season three is really good. So I want to get to season three. Mm-hmm. And I can't just skip season two. Like I, this is I can't consume media yeah, that way. Doesn't make sense. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not happy watching through season two. And it's it's definitely one of those things where like sometimes you strike gold, and it's like you know if Westworld would have just had the one season and left it go, that probably would have been ideal. Mm-hmm. Like just it's a mini series, you know. Consider it a long movie. And uh, thanks for playing. See you yeah, later. like would um, like. Do you think that the like it falling short for season two was? Do you think that that's an issue with the studio that made the series, or do you think it's more of an issue of the content that they're given? You know, they're just trying to tell this story from beginning to end, and the content well, in the middle just doesn't add up to the you know where they started and where they're going. Yeah, I don't that, know. I'll, I'll have to judge that when I get to season three, but it definitely. I mean the. Uh, the guy that set up the series, the showrunner or executive producer or whatever, is uh, I think it's Christopher Nolan's brother. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, what's his name? So he was known Jonah? for being uh, a, a writer on, like, helping, yeah, John Nolan. So he was known for helping his brother on his scripts, but, like, by reviewing them. Like, he didn't just write editing them. them. He would just give some suggestions. Yeah. So it's like, he's famous because his brother's good. That's dangerous. And it's like, that. I don't know, that, that could be dangerous. What about... At, like, Fallout is, like, a really interesting setting and everything, but I don't know that it... Like, you can just make something post-apocalyptic. It doesn't have to be. And, in fact, some of the post-apocalyptic stuff, like Into the Badlands, mm. that just takes a God. completely original take I on things... I love Into the Badlands. ...is yeah. the best. Like... The best way to do cool stuff is to just do your own you thing. You give me Nick Frost as, like, Poe from, uh, I think his name's Poe, right? From Kung Fu Panda? I'm in. Hell yeah. I- I'm totally in. Yeah, I don't know. So it's, you know, it remains to be seen, obviously. We don't know enough about it to, like, shit on sure. it or to give it any awards or anything, you know. But it could be definitely interesting. Um, it all kind of depends on who kind of washes out either as, like, the writer or... The main like director um i mean th- there's so, there's a lot of cool op- yeah. like opportunity here like it would be cool to get right. a character that you follow um but i feel like that's gonna go in the walking dead route you know it's where you're following this character and you know it, it's just gonna feel like yeah. rick in the walking dead um, I... it could also be really cool to have a like a full um episode about individual people in this world. Yes. See that's what actually, they're living I was like. just about to say that. I think yeah. that um, an episode at a time, like a longer episode, focusing on people from different vaults. Um, yeah. Or this guy good. who, you know, left the vault and is now a raider and he's living as a raider. But he's kind of like masking it. You know, there's so many options to just explore um, the setting, which is the point of fallout that's the that's the that's the right yeah. way to do it um, just to really just focus down on the a, world a, a way that, that it was done hands. really well recently i don't know if you guys watched the ballad of buster scruggs but like Mm-mm. dumb mm. weird cowboy movie on netflix but it was hilarious and it was a, a a movie that was a collection of short stories and these short these shorter stories about all these different characters um in different parts of like the old west and they did it really, really well. And everything from ranging, everything ranging from like a, a guy prospecting for gold to a person accused of robbing a bank, like all this different stuff that was happening. But I think that if they took that kind of approach to it, it could be really neat. Um, we could see something about, you know, people that someone, maybe a character that lives in a settlement that's been out there forever. Um, maybe we'll see a story about a guy who just raises rad roaches for a living. Who knows? Like, there's yeah. there's so well, much yes. potential that's there, the and I, I really do like the idea of of it setting up that entire world instead of that one story of of one set of characters. Yeah, uh, Greg Garcia, um, who is known for you know creating like Mining as Earl, uh, he created a show recently. Um, that was canceled like everything that he creates um called uh the guest book and they did a really good job of here's a book that lives inside of this guest house and all of these people are coming into this guest house as like an airbnb and you get to live their life per episode just to see what they're doing in the environment 
Um, really good show. I, I recommend um, checking that one out. But I think a Fallout series, yeah, based on that, like we've been talking, could be um, really cool. It gives them a chance to explore um, comedy, uh, you know, horror, uh, you know, whatever that you know they want to drama. Um, give me horror or all give me death. There. Yeah. I'd like take us into what is that vault 108 where they're uh, the clones of Gary and they're just the creepy Gary guy running around yeah so a lot of cool options a lot of cool options um, that's why I'm excited that's why I'm the glass half full and then you know if it ends up being um, kind of a piece of shit like most things with uh, video games translated into uh, um, some sort of watchable media um damn that would suck but you know it is what it is it just kind of gets lumped in with blood rain and everything else that's come out that's not worked out all right um so moving on uh johnny this one was your probably one of your most anticipated things for this week that happened right um in a way um i was uh i i caught the news as soon as it went out there and I've just been kind of feeling it out because I, I, once we start seeing more news come out about it, I think it can get bigger and, and yeah. we'll start hearing a lot more. But um, everyone's favorite company, Tencent, um, uh, they decided to they're establishing a studio in LA. Um, that's going to be Lightspeed Studio, and they're bringing on uh, they're bringing on a former Rockstar guy. They're bringing on Steve Martin from Rockstar Games, and they're going to have him work on developing a AAA open-world game for PS5 and Series X. Um, Big dick news. But when you want a AAA title and you want open-world, you go to some... If you're trying to put your name out there, you grab somebody from Rockstar. So it, it's oh, yeah. a smart move because how long have people been waiting for a new Grand Theft Auto? And how much do people love the Red Dead series? Those are some of the biggest... Rockstar is one of the biggest names in open world gaming out there, especially when it's AAA open world gaming. Oh yeah. Um, it's just that there's that bitter taste on a lot in a lot of people's mouths about Tencent. A lot of people mm -hmm. still don't look into things enough to to form their own real opinion on anything. So there's there's enough bad news out there. It, if anyone just wants to look up Tencent, they can find enough about it. They might hate. Um, they might find a bunch about it that they're okay with once reading into it, but the common consensus out there is, and has been for a while, just ten cent bad. Um, but this has me kind of excited to yeah. see what they can do because they do have money. Um, ten cent has money, and I think that we're finally starting to really see it. Um, and this might be the first time that we have a chance to see something big come out from them that could really be a, a, a landmark for other companies getting into the AAA titles. Yeah, the big news um, that they've yeah. already started talking about is their work environment, which is really, really cool. Uh, it looks like they're going the route of like something like Avalanche Studios, where they're like, it's going to be um, crunch-free, it's going to be a, you know a stress-free environment, um, and it would be really cool for them to be able to live up to that, uh, you know, on a, um, like, work side of that. Rather, you know, looking at... A lot of people are like, well, what is the game that they're going to produce? And it's like, um, 
we've went back and forth, I think, on looking at how crunch affects games. Uh, some games, I feel like it, I mean, it kind of helps, which is messed up. Um, but, you know, in other games, it's still like these people have to work that workload. So that sucks. Um, so, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how a, um, you know, a new open world game, if they are looking in the route of something like uh, GTA or Red Dead, um, will be received from this company. I'm excited to see the work culture. I think that's the thing that I'm most excited for. And they've got a, a solid staff yeah, I already. Think, uh, I mean, some of the people on staff are already from other companies, too. Like, we, we know he's from Rockstar, but there's some there's someone Insomniac. from Response, people from 2K, people from Insomniac. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of variety, uh, and that's a lot of different things people might be able to bring to the table, depending on what exactly they did in those other studios. So I am anxious to see more news about what's actually happening with them and, and uh, how long it takes to happen. Um, but even without crunch, I feel like they're still going to want to see some kind of results within the first couple years. Um, I, I do think they're going to want to come in with something um, well, before the pr- they just kind of fade away again. Yeah, did you have something to say, Filter? Yeah. Yeah, I think what will be really interesting is seeing... Because a, a lot of their current... Um, I guess a lot of the... the the current output that they have is primarily through either minority or majority ownership in other companies. And I think it'll be really interesting to see them, like we'll actually be able to see what their philosophy is from, you know, start to end of an entire new game that they're putting out rather than just, you know, hey, we like what uh, Epic Games is doing, we'll We'll take 10% or whatever. Yeah, looking back at, like, how Crunch is handled, I mean, you can totally do the, um, like, you can you, you can fully get away with not having to worry about the end, you know, like, oh, you know, we were just talking with Andreas. He was saying at the very end we were three days until um, we had to, you know, the game was pretty much going gold, and we had full mocap scenes that had never been touched that needed to be done um to avoid that it's like instead of having uh 10 people work for uh you know 75 percent of the year and then having to hire 27 more people on top of those 10 to crunch you know the last 25 percent just hire the right amount of people to work 100 percent of the year and you won't have to worry about crunch um I think that's the idea for something like uh, Land Speed Studio, Avalanche Studios. Um, right. Which is, I mean, it, 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 it's the pretty obvious, if you think about it, method. You know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see what these guys end up, uh, you know, getting around to announcing because I'm all for, you know, an open world AAA game for sure. I'm all ears. As long as we're not being buried alive in them at the same time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) it can be too much. Again, that's something in our interview with Andreas that he was saying. He's like, I can't even do those open world games that are that that are like too open, like uh, Skyrim and uh, like coming up. We were talking about Cyberpunk. He's like, yeah, just not doable. I I can't. Yeah, I I like the focus and. Not yes. have that. Yeah. That is exactly my problem. Like I, 
I, I don't know how to focus. I need a game to kind of tell me where to go, and that's why I've never finished a Fallout game or an Elder Scrolls game is because I try to do that, and then, ooh, look, a cave. Ooh, look, a building, right. and it's over. Fuck vampires! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's how that works. <laughs> but I... I I kind of like I kind of like that. I mean, when I first popped in Skyrim, I became a vampire in forty five minutes, completely on accident, and then that ruined my. It didn't ruin my whole game, but it, it fucked it over for a while. It definitely all yeah. it. Because then I spent, I think, like probably like four or five hours trying to not be a vampire anymore, while trying to gear up and just survive in the world. So everyone has their own path. That's what I like about it. Yeah. All right, so um, interesting. Uh, I know a few people personally that have had uh, Joy-Con drift issues. Nintendo is president. Um, we're still dealing with Bowser, right? He's still the president. Man, I love Doug Bowser. Doug, Doug Bowser is such Doug an awesome dude. Um, they apologize for the Joy-Con drift issue. Um, of course, there is that uh, Nintendo is still facing that class action lawsuit filed in 2019. Um, and it, it's interesting. I, I haven't had... I've noticed it recently, but I think it might be just because the Joy-Con that I've had, I've literally had since launch. So maybe it's just getting old and worn out. Um, but I, you know, it is kind of moving a little bit now. Um, Johnny, did you have issues with that as well? I luckily haven't. Um, the only... I've had Joy-Con drift on one single Joy-Con, and it was one that I bought pre-owned already, so I don't know how much it had been used by that person, um, but it was my neon yellow left one I had for a while. I didn't notice until I was playing Mario Maker 2. Um, and it's... I, I always hear horror stories about how bad it is for everybody else, but I've been really lucky. Um, I haven't had any major issues. Um, I'm just kind of glad Nintendo is finally saying... We're sorry. We're making them better. We're trying. Like, it's they're acknowledging it, but it still sounds like it's going to be a long way off from completely remedying it because people have that issue with Xbox One controllers and with PS4 controllers and everything. It's just that the Nintendo stuff is so much more expensive and so hard to come by that that's why they're having as vocal of an issue. Yeah, I find I did find it weird. Like, if I opened the box and I put the, you know, put everything together and I started playing and it was drifting immediately, I'd be like, well, that's obviously broken. Um, even like a couple weeks into it, I'd be like, yeah, that's a no go, bro. Um, but you know, if it had been a couple months and I'd been playing it pretty regularly, I could see, a, you know, a controller, you know, start to have issues a little bit and usually when that happens with like uh, a playstation or an xbox controller that i have i just kind of deal with it for a little bit until it gets to the point of like god damn i can't even like i have it if i'm trying to stand still and i'm moving that's not working um so uh i don't know i i guess it's it's different for people but it does feel weird that like hey my controller is broken and you're not giving me a new one you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Hey, what's the percentage of, like, total Joy-Cons compared to reported... Right, that's the kind of stuff that I'm unaware of. I I'm just not sure on why the... Like, what the amount of people 
have had the issue and like where all that falls. Right. So, um, to me, from the outside, it just looks like people are like, "Hey, my controller broken. I need a new one," which feels weird. Yeah, and honestly, a lot of the times I saw drift, it's been with, it's mostly been with children. Um, I hate putting it on the fact that it's usually kids doing it, but a good 70 to 80% of the times I saw people come through with stick drift on a, on like a, a Joy-Con, it was kids, and it was ones who did not take the best care of their systems. Um, mm -hmm. So there's definitely some, some user issues there too. Um, but I, the big thing is that it, it is still, even if it's a lot of user-generated problems, they know it's going to be a family console. They know a lot of kids are going to play it. That is the kind of thing that should be stress-tested really, really thoroughly to make sure it's not going to be a common problem that, oh, my kid broke it again. So, well, does the a Switch Lite, I mean, they haven't had any reported problems with those with Drift, right? Because they're developed different. I'm terrified that mine will end up having it because I have a Switch Lite as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll luckily I haven't had any. Um, but also, I didn't sell a lot of Switch Lights. Um, in my re in my retail time, I didn't sell a lot of Switch Lights unless it was adults that wanted it as a secondary system to take with them on the go. So I wasn't really hearing a lot of it. Um, I hardware-wise, there's not a lot of difference there though. Um, I'm just trying to cut back on using my Switch Lite because I'm starting to realize that even if I just wear my stick out like normal, that's going to be a pain. Yeah, that's a system replacer. That's Yeah, yeah. that's why when we were looking at it, I was like, we should just buy another regular one, you know? But and we ended up going the route of the Switch Lite anyway. So uh, very, very interesting, um, like, like, lawsuit still happening. Um, I'm just going to go buy new yeah. Joy-Cons and see what happens. <laughs> that's, There's that's enough really cool colors of Joy-Cons that it's worth it, though, and that's, right. the, that's the pit that I fell into. And that might be why I don't have any Joy-Con problems, because I have so many Joy-Cons. Like, I want the orange and purple ones right now. I don't know why. Those look those amazing outside of the yeah. box. Don't look at them. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Why? They're they're beautiful. If you look at them outside the package, you're guaranteed we're gonna, you're going to want to buy them. Oh, okay. Um, that's that's literally all I would do is I would always have one box of every color Joy-Cons open when I had them new in stock at my store. And whenever people would come through, like, oh, those look really cool. Have you seen them outside the box? And as soon as you see them, like the actual color, not the box art, you want them. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Powerful stuff. All right. Uh, speaking of it, uh, things that are going to cost you money, um, <laughs> NBA 2K21... Uh, is the first game for next gen that has announced that their game is going to be $10 more expensive on the Xbox Series X and PS5, jumping the cost um, from $59.99 to $69.99. Nice. nice. So, yeah, they should have went $69.69. You know, I, I really, really think that. I feel that. I don't know. I might write a letter. Um, I mean, we had kind of talked about this in the pre-show, but like, I think that this should just kind of lead into uh, more general diversity yes. in prices. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of games that come out at sixty bucks and twenty bucks, and that's pretty much the spread. There's very few games that come out yeah, at forty. There's a handful, but um, and this ten, 
Yeah, just tend to be like AAA studios that made or like something that's game. been remastered or remade. Yeah. Right. Right. So I, you know, I think there should be, you know, games priced at 70, 60, 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, eight and a half. Like every game should basically have its own price because you don't see like, you know, when you go to like Walmart or something to you know buy a chair you don't see like one chair is ten dollars one's fifty dollars and one's a hundred dollars and it comes with a statue of gerald slaying a griffin or something like you know they're just whatever the price is to make it plus whatever profit they think they deserve you know i I think that uh diversified pricing is an awesome idea and it's something i really want to see happen um the idea of more expensive games it's crazy enough that something i was talking to some other friends about like a month and a half ago um, that we should probably finally see a boost in price. Um, and there's a lot of reasons behind it. One is just normal inflation. Mm-hmm. Video games are the only thing that haven't suffered dramatically due to inflation in the past like 20 to 30 years. Um, as a kid, I remember paying 60 bucks for Super Nintendo games, sometimes more. Why are we still paying 60 bucks for games now when that's $60? is not worth nearly as much as it was back then. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing... Yeah, go ahead. Well, yeah, even in, uh, even in this article, they talked to uh, former PlayStation exec mm-hmm. uh, Sean Layden. Uh, he told attendees at the event, quote, it's been fifty nine ninety nine since I started in this business, but the cost of games have gone up 10 or more times. If you don't have elasticity on the price point, but you have huge volatility on the cost line, the model becomes more difficult. I think this generation is going to see those two imperatives collide. Mm-hmm. And he's exactly right, because, like, you know, a Call of Duty game that costs, I don't know, I mean, you know, however much it is, like, you know, $200 million to make, compared to, you know, some dude will sit in his room uh, rent-free, at a, you know, with his parents and make Stardew Valley over the course of a couple years. Um, you know, he per unit made significantly more profit than Call of Duty does. And it's like, you know, I, I would say that is much more beloved than Call of Duty is. Obviously not similar numbers of sales, but like the ability to tailor your price to the product that you make rather than, okay, whatever you make, it's going to be $60, make whatever you want. Like, it's very strange. You know, it, it kind of drives you to make inferior titles because you're only getting 60 bucks out of it either way even if you really need to make 70 or 80. And, and then we also have a lot of companies out there that are putting games out at 60 bucks and then they're just not selling there's a diehard crowd that'll buy them up right and then you give it like two months and it's 40 bucks and, and, and then like sale. and then it yep. goes on sale one time for like 10 bucks and people just stop buying it until it's back to 10 bucks again yeah because uh, they're like why I'm is looking it at you like, dark siders three <laughs> yeah for <laughs> like, real yeah, there's yeah, some... Darksiders 3. Uh, Remnant from the Ashes came out at full price, and it almost immediately yeah, went Yeah, like, bucks. there's a I, lot like, there, and uh, another key factor I really think that this should, should take into effect, um, we should be looking at reviews as well. Um, I personally always look at, is a game worth what I paid for it? Um, I, I can give a $60 game a 10 out of 10, but I can also give a $40 game a 10 out of 10. And honestly, the price I'm paying for that game is going to be a factor in what I'm giving it. Um, 
I don't go out and buy a $40 game and expect it to be the exact same experience and blowing my mind like the latest $60, $80 thing I bought. But I'm going to expect it to be worth that 40 bucks that I dropped on it. Sure. Yeah, I also think um, one other thing that we've been hearing a little bit more about recently is um, is the media that we're, you know, the funds that we're putting into this media, is that too much? Do we need all you know do we need um you know to feed like a billion dollar you know like x amount of dollars into this product when we could make something very similar for a bit less with a bit you know some fewer people um and that's one of the things we keep seeing like climb up you know um going from two people making a game into a garage to 25 people to 100 people and then the latest game has 380 people and they all have, you know, literally the exact same. And then they're hiring outside for outsourced work as well. Where it's like, you know, that's yeah. big, but you probably could have made that with 200 people. And save, you know, and, and tried to save some yeah. of that money as well. Um, so it's always about like, oh, we did this last time. We have to go bigger and better. There has, there has to be more people. We have to put more, you know, of this into the game rather than using the tools that they've already created to move forward. So it, I don't know. It's um, it, there is an interesting dynamic there, and I think um, yeah, Sean Layden was right that we're definitely going to see um, uh, some changes. I think a lot more people, a lot more companies are going to uh, follow suit and say, yeah, seventy bucks is going to be the new standard. Now I I do feel bad because this is the kind of thing that you know that they've had planned for a while we knew that they knew that 2k was going to have this price point coming at least the people that mattered knew um mm -hmm. but the announcement came at a really bad time because it came right after all these other companies are talking about you know buy our ps5 or buy our ps4 and xbox one version we're going to up you up to that ps5 or xbox series x version um and they're doing that whole upgrade route and that's not what they're doing here. They're not doing that free upgrade route. Like there's a package you can get for 2K that'll come with an upgraded version. Um, but I, I feel like they just had they they just had to come out and say it. You know, after all, you yeah. when you have to make a big announcement like this, um, you have to kind of be in some people's eyes the bearer of bad news, and it sucks. But they had to say it, and they just, they just had to get it out there at least now. Because if they would have waited another couple months or even another month to make this decision, you wanted they need to distance themselves from the actual release date and this announcement so that people have time to digest it and handle it. Because at the end of the day, it's stick it's just sticker shock. That's all it is. People are seeing a higher number than they're used to. It's going to make some people pull away. I don't really think it's going to be that big of a deal, though. Um, I think that they're already going to spin it well enough that they're going to sell through the game, just like just like every other year. They're going to sell it like crazy. Uh, it's huge in my area. It's it's huge in in filters area. Like we're some of the we're one of the biggest areas in the entire country on selling through this game. So, yeah, for sure. All right, yeah, that pretty much wraps up the show. Um, I don't have anything more. You guys. Uh, not really that I can think of. I will say, since we're ending on pricing like this, um, if anyone out there listening has some uh, some some stories about a game that they picked up at a, at a certain price that they thought was the perfect price, um, and, and for what it should have been worth, 
throw that up there on our Facebook page. Let us know. Let's try to make a conversation out of it. If you picked up a game and started playing it and realized, I really should have waited for like the $40 price point on this, or, or man, I would have paid 80 for this. Uh, let mm -hmm. us know. Uh, a big one for me, Resident Evil 3. If I didn't play Resistance, I would not have wanted to drop 60 bucks on Resident Evil 3. I think the game itself was a solid 40 um, but resistance adding into it is what made it up to that 60 for me. So um, there's a lot to be taken in with it, and I would love to hear some other people's opinions on, on prices they've paid for games that they may have regretted or ones they were excited about. Rage. <sighs> Are we talking the first yeah. one or the yeah. second one? Yeah, the first one. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, as we know, the perfect possible price uh, free on Game Pass play observation <laughs> i see a there lot is, of digital things like game pass making a big difference this generation i really do i hope that playstation really yeah. um renews up their faith in playstation now um especially since they're going to have an all digital version of their console too i think yeah. we're going to see especially with pricing on physical like this i think that we're really going to see some some differences on, on potential streaming and, and digital services for sure. Yeah, let us know over on Facebook.com backslash Mammoth Games Inc. what you guys think you paid too much for, or uh, you would have even paid a little bit more uh, for, you know, on specific titles that you enjoyed. Um, you can also let us know over on Twitter at Mammoth Games Inc. as well. Figure out when we go live, sharing some other stuff over there. We appreciate all of that traction and, uh, you know, uh, coming over and hanging out and chatting with us. Um, but for Mammoth Games, Inc., until next time, I'm one of your hosts, Night Swarm. I'm Filtercord. And I'm Johnny Riot. Have a good one, guys.